are now 10 and 2 in your last uh, 12 games. What what do you attribute the ascent of this program to? Yeah, I did not know that stat. That sounds good though. 10 and 2. That's my agent over there. You can take over for him. Uh, as frustrating as today was, does it at all make you question the decision to coach out the rest of the season? Never. Never. Not even a thought. Trying to get players to do the right thing, and we use uh, playing time and opportunities in football to try to get them to do the right thing personally and academically. So um, that's basically all I got to say about that. Coach, that's all but we got. you guys are really good about taking role. I, I will say that. I mean, um, our team fighting plays the way they do because they believe in, in uh, what we're doing and who we are. Um, they believe that you know we had an opportunity to come here and, and win a football game. Uh, that's the way that they played for for three quarters. Didn't have enough in the fourth quarter to to go get it done. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee hover? <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, baby! <laughs> yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you too, brother, and to all the listeners out there. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see my spread out. Uh, we, mm. we got the little set here decorated. It's going to be hard to make my pick, Shane, when I got all this <laughs> delicious food right in front of my face. But I'm going to do my best to uh, to get it done. You know what? Oh, my God, man. And I'm, I'm dragging a little bit because I've already had the first round of Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I'm, I I got that turkey. I don't know what that that uh, that famous – I don't know what they call it. That uh, There's something in the turkey. It Trip, makes you sleep or whatever. Or yeah, hell, I'm all up in it, Mike. I got, <laughs> I've had about four big old pieces of it, so I love this. Is my favorite time of year, Mike. I love the food. I love your spread. It's unique. We don't do ham. We do ham on Christmas. We don't do ham during Thanksgiving. Uh, but I, let's take me around your plate here. Is this a typical Thanksgiving plate now? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not a big turkey guy, but you gotta. I mean, you can't. It's not Thanksgiving if there's not some turkey there. So right. We, we got turkey. We are a ham family, as you you noted there. So. I usually go a little bit heavier on the ham, to be honest with you. I got mm-hmm. uh, macaroni. How can you go wrong there? We got <laughs> mashed potatoes. We got rolls. We got uh, yams, you know, sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. You got to have yeah. that with the marshmallows on it. Otherwise, it ain't <laughs> it ain't Thanksgiving without them stupid marshmallows. And then uh, I got a little pie here. I got uh, – it's a uh, blueberry pie. Listen, Mike, I'd eat that spread if it were in front of me, but we do things a little bit different down here in the <laughs> South. Uh, there's, For starters, I don't touch the marshmallows. We are a sweet potato casserole family, mm-hmm. and when I say casserole, I mean streusel. I want to taste more brown sugar than I do actual canned yams in this situation, so that's usually what we go with. Of course, we got a little fancy. We got the canned cranberry sauce. I saw that wasn't on there. So, yeah, we sliced it just nice. You know? I'll try to think what else. Uh, deviled eggs. Yeah, no, I got I got some hot water, Mike. Um, I, I don't see it on your spread, but one of the things that uh, I think is the worst dish, and don't tell your sister this, 
but is the green bean casserole. She used to make that every Thanksgiving, and I think it's absolutely horrid. It does not belong on a Thanksgiving table. Well, I made the mistake by putting that hot take out there, and believe it or not, a lot of people like that stuff. <laughs> yeah, get them veggies off my plate here on Thanksgiving. You know what? <laughs> That's it, man. I've got my, like, one to two, three combinations that, you know, you can't go wrong with a little turkey and sweet potato together. You can't go wrong with a little turkey and cranberry sauce together. You cannot go wrong with turkey and stuffing together. And I, I got that cheap stuff, Mike. I ain't, like I said, I ain't fancy, but I, I that's that's what I've got to have, a little mashed potatoes and gravy. Deviled eggs. Oh, my gosh, you got to have some deviled eggs. But other than that, brother, that is Thanksgiving, and that's what I ate today. In fact, that's what I'm going to be eating the next three days, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. I mean, this uh, we got this food the next couple of days, so enjoy it while we got it, while we got this mm-hmm. outstanding football. So, hey, before we get – Wait, wait, wait. Before, before you go, before you go there, Mike, mm-hmm. let me ask you, dessert, is that, that pie typically the one you're going with? Like you had – you're eating your last Thanksgiving meal. Mm-hmm. I'm a pecan pie guy. What's the last slice of pie you want to eat? Mmm. Yeah, pecan pie is right up there for me. That's probably that's probably number one on my list, Shane, but I got to be dead honest with you. I could not <laughs> find a small pecan pie. That's, so blueberries all I could have here. <laughs> this is not the real deal here. We got uh, more desserts coming for sure, but uh, since I we're recording it. this a little bit early – I was not going to make one yeah. pie before the real pie gets made <laughs> on Thanksgiving, if that makes sense. I got you, brother. I love it. So, All right, buddy. But, uh, hey, before we make our picks, got to mention the sponsors, Prize Picks, like we do every weekend. Proud to sponsor with prizepicks.com. Head on over to Prize Picks, and don't forget to use that promo code SEC so they know we sent you over there. And anybody that uses that promo code chain of SEC – they're going to get mm-hmm. their initial deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. So you could be walking mm. today with 200 bucks. And I'm on a heater, Shane, with my prize picks. Yeah. And I got a couple more winners. You ready to hear them? Absolutely, man. Like I said, 100% last week. I even tried to steer you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll be no steering me wrong this week, Shane, because uh, we got some action here. And I'm. Hey, I'm only sticking to uh, the Thursday and Friday games because that's how confident I am in these picks. Mm, But I got uh, Missouri quarterback Connor Basilak under 224.5 passing yards Mm. against them Arkansas Razorbacks. Just not been thrilled with the way Basilak's been playing here lately. And we all know Mizzou offense, it goes as Tyler Beatty goes. So I'm going the under Connor Basilak. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, he may not even end the game. You never know with that situation. Right. Now, how about this one? What I'm even more confident in here, Shane, Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson over 30 and a half rushing yards. As you like to say, is this the first drive? I mean, come on now. He's <laughs> going he's gonna to get 31 rushing yards, don't you think? Absolutely. Going to get that in one play, Mike. I, th- I think that's just the big play capability he has. And I think he exercises that during this rivalry game. Mm-hmm. And then one more, Shane, really like this one. Under the radar here, Mississippi State running back Woody Marks over 35 and a half receiving yards. Not rushing, but receiving. Mississippi State loves to go to the dump off with their running backs. He'll probably catch seven, eight passes. So mm-hmm. I think uh, 36 yards, I think that's a safe bet here in the Egg Bowl. What do you think? 
Absolutely. Out of 60, out of 60 tosses, surely he comes away with a couple of them here. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, Shay, there was about four Ole Miss receivers and about six Mississippi State receivers you could bet on over at prizepicks.com. I went with a guy that had the uh, the lowest number because they're probably all going over. You know what? Absolutely. Everybody, speaking of Thanksgiving, everybody's getting fed during that game. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, buddy, uh, you ready to make our selections for this rivalry week edition of the show? Let's do it. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, VRG, you say that. <laughs> well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. Like They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. May she droop. Here. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to start right where we picked off there, Shane. The Egg Bowl, maybe the biggest game of the weekend, not only in the SEC, but the country. Just what's Mm -hmm. at stake for these two, Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral, Will Rogers, two improved defenses, one of the best games in the entire country every year, Shane. And the over-under, 64 total points. But here's the thing, Shane. The point spread has jumped back and forth. Ole Miss opened as the favorite. That thing is kicked all the way over to Mississippi State. The Bulldogs favored at home by two and a half points. Mm-hmm. Who do you like in the matchup? Oh, Mike, I've never looked forward to an Egg Bowl so much in my entire life. I mean, this is this is two teams right now playing the best football that arguably that Mississippi State as collective – have done in my lifetime. Uh, that's just, I mean, sometimes they bounce back and forth. Who's good this year? Who's good that year? But this year, I'm afraid to play either one of these teams. They got two dynamic quarterbacks. They got two dynamic play callers. The defenses have even stepped up here of late. This is just a perfect game. This is a mirror. You want to talk about a mirror approach, that's these guys. You got Matt Corral all year long, you know, trying to win that in Heisman. Has had some very impressive games, but then here at last, like last few weeks, you're stepping up, you're looking at Rodgers and saying, man, maybe he's the guy. Look how efficient he is when you could throw 50 times and only have two incompletions, you know? That's the type of offense that that the Pirate and them are bringing to this game. So I'm Mm -hmm. with you, Mike. I went back and forth in this thing, trying to figure out who I thought was going to win on that last possession. And and I flip-flopped a few times. But there's a couple of factors for me, Mike, is how, how bought in is Ole Miss? I, I mean, we've seen them here. The the ranked ninth, you know, I, I doubt there's really a shot for them to get in the college football playoffs. You got Matt Corral already sending the letter off. We got – Rumors mm-hmm. of uh, we got rumors of Lane Kiffin going to these different universities and talking to these different players and you know how 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 bought in is he with Ole Miss? That's that's my biggest concern is just the outside noise. You know the something that 
that he likes to talk about with Nick Saban, that rat poison. How much has that leaked into that locker room? That's my biggest fear because I think if these guys are playing week three and they're undefeated, I like Ole Miss, and I like Ole Miss big. However, we're not week three. We're at the tail end of this thing, and I don't know how serious they're taking this rivalry. Mississippi State, on the other hand, buddy, they got one team on their mind, and it is the Ole Miss Rebels. Them damn fans have been packed. I mean, they, they probably got tents out there, man. Looks like a Black Friday sale, you know. These guys are <laughs> pumped up, ready to get in there. They got these new cowbells. They're ready to chime. I like Mississippi State to win this game, brother. I don't like them to win it by much, but I like them to win it, ironically, by field goals. So give me Mississippi State and the points, 38, Ole Miss, 35. Well, Shane, I think you made a lot of good points there. I think it's going to be a close one. Home field advantage should play major factor with this game. We just had Jake Wimberly on the show if you missed it, go back and watch yesterday's episode. His uh, analytics say Mississippi State, just like you did there. Uh, Will Rogers. You know, it's so wild, Shane, because all season we've been hyping up Matt Corrales, you know, best quarterback in not only the SEC but the country. Now, all the – man, anytime I mention Ole Miss or Matt Corral on Twitter now, all these Bulldog fans and – well, he's second-best quarterback in this game, and <laughs> they may be right the way he's playing. I mean, the the video game numbers he's putting up in this thing, I think, uh, you know, the winner of this game is going to have a great case for SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm Everybody keeps asking me who that is. I, I'll reveal all my – I'm going to do that next week, Shane, when things slow down. Coach of the Year, Players of the Year, all that. But – we got to let these rivalry games play out before those final calls are made. Yep. And man, you kind of, you hit the nail on the head, Shane, going back and forth all week. Who's going to win this game. And I keep hearing cowbells in my ear when I'm thinking about <laughs> this damn game and, and how big of a factor that could play in this one. But let me ask you this, Shane, in a tight ball game, don't you typically go with the team that has the kicking edge? Don't you go with the team that's a little bit more balanced? And here's a key factor in the game, Shane, with Mississippi State the last couple of weeks that's really helped Will Rogers and that offense get going. No pressure whatsoever getting on him. He's having a clean pocket out there. And to his credit, some of that's just, you know, the, the offense is designed to get the ball out of his hands really quick. Yet Ole Miss, number two in the SEC with 37 sacks. So, you know, you know, we all get enamored with the offenses in this matchup. I think the key is going to be these defenses, which one steps up. And I think, Shane, it's them land sharks going to mm. get to Will Rogers, be the difference in this game. Like I said, kicking, the kicking advantage could be huge. It could go either way. I mean, I got no fault with your pick, but I'm going Ole Miss, Shane, on the road, upset mm. 33 to 30. And let's hope for some shenanigans here. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have it, man. <laughs> I, I think Lane came out with a tweet earlier this week, or maybe a message he was talking about. You shouldn't hate these people just because of your rivalry. Yep. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you right now, these guys hate each other, Mike. There's going to be yeah, some that was the least popular thing he's ever said down there. You know what? Oh, my God. Yeah, boy, that, that tweet backfired on him right there. This These guys absolutely <laughs> hate each other. So, And I love to hate. You know what I'm 
saying? This is a game that mm-hmm. I love watching so much just because of how bitter these two programs are. So, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game. We're going to be eating round two of my Thanksgiving meal stuffed and watching <laughs> this good-ass football. So, I'm all, I'm all in, man. All right, next matchup, Shane, here on Friday, Black Friday, Missouri at Arkansas on CBS, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. Missouri's won – Five in a row in the series, mm-hmm. but this one's in Razorback Stadium. And the Razorbacks, Shane, big favorites, 14-and-a-half-point favorite. 62-and-a-half is the over-under. And last year, of course, Mizzou won 50-48 to 48 on a last-second field goal. So who you got in the matchup? Oh, Mike, I tell you what, Mizzou has won some ugly games here of late. It hasn't been pretty, but they keep finding a way to win. I think that's... That's one of those stats that just don't exist out there, you know? Ugly wins. We always want to talk about time of possession or turnover Mm -hmm. margin. You just don't talk about, hey, when it's time to play, you roll up your big boy pants and you get in there and you win the game. That's exactly what Missouri has been able to do. Mike, last week they pulled off a defeat of the Florida Gators, man. This was a huge win for them. Not only was it getting the monkey off their back, but – It put them in the bowl season. So, now the pressure's off. You don't have to win this game. And I think that's the concern I'm having going into this week. I mean, you think about the hangover factor. Sometimes when you have a loss, it just kind of lingers around. Sometimes it Mm -hmm. could be the opposite, man. Sometimes you can celebrate a little too too long. That old, hey, 24-hour rule, when your coach is out here tweeting like crazy – Talking about what he did Saturday, that's a concern to me when it's midweek, especially when you got a game right around the corner on Friday. Everything changes on these short games. People are going to be a little bit more tired, a little people, and that was a physical game. I just, when I look at these two programs, man, they are not the same. They absolutely, this is another one, man. These guys hate each other. There's, there's, mm-hmm. I'm seeing the tweets, I'm seeing the message boards, I'm seeing the activity here. The, the, the snide comments, this is the stuff that, that we're going to be talking about for weeks just about what comes out of this game. What I like about this game, Mike, is K.J. Jefferson, what he's kind of blossomed into. He's blossomed into a hell of a quarterback in the SEC. I like the running game. I think this is something that they kind of got away with early in the season and they finally found and they made themselves two-dimensional. And when they did that, they've – they go toe-to-toe with teams like Alabama. That's what I like about the Arkansas Razorback. This is a hell of a program, Mike. Yeah, they got four losses, but they're still a top 25 team because of the body of work that they've been able to put in this season. Now, that being said, Mizzou's gotten lucky the last couple of weeks, and they've been good. They've, Like I said at the start of this, they've found ways to win games. But when it comes down to it, brother, I just think Arkansas has too much. It's at home. They hate each other. CBS game. Come on, Gary. Put on that Razorback hat because I think they're going to win this one. I've got the score. Arkansas 30. Mizzou 24. I think it's closer than the experts say. What was it? 14 and a half, something like that. So, give me Mizzou Mm -hmm. with the backdoor spread here. What is that? Yes, yeah, is, is, is that a thing? Backdoor spread. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe we edit Backdoor that cover. part down. <laughs> Backdoor cover. <laughs> I said turkey spread, Thanksgiving spread. Those two don't go together, Mike. So go ahead and edit that one out if you can. <laughs> it's interesting, though. Interesting points there, Shane, on Missouri and 
you know, the kind of letdown factor. I had not really considered that because to be honest with you, I was thinking it the other way. Arkansas, you know, just laying it all on the line, playing with their hearts out against Alabama, going toe-to-toe with the mighty Crimson Tide. How easy will it be for them to turn around mm-hmm. and get up for the Missouri Tigers? But, you know, we saw Traylon Burks get blasted yeah. there on the onside kick. You know, I'm not saying he – they say he's good to go, but, uh, you know, any lingering effects there. Connor Bazelak also kind of dinged up. So, uh, we may have two battered teams here meeting on the field on Friday. But, you know – if I'm just looking at this game at face value, Arkansas should whoop Missouri. I really think they should. But mm-hmm. I think this is maybe a little bit of a case where Missouri's in Arkansas's head. Uh, the fans don't want to admit that this is somewhat of a rivalry. They they think less of Missouri. They don't even think they should be in the SEC, yet they can't beat them. And they're, they steal their coaches. They steal <laughs> their players. They steal their recruits. Uh, I mean, this feels like a rivalry to me. And what is the, the yeah. greatest sign of a, of a rivalry, Shane, is uh, – you know, the, the back-and-forth nature of some of these games. And under mm-hmm. Drinkowitz, under Sam Pittman, they're both talking it up. So I think this is going to be a back-and-forth contest, Shane. If Connor Bazelak was not dinged up, if he was playing better, I may pick Missouri to win this game. But I just can't do it, Shane. I think at the end of the day, as good as Tyler Beatty is, I think Arkansas will do a good job corralling him. They, Where Arkansas's defense is, is at the weakest is in the secondary. And yeah. the front seven is the strength. So they should be able to do their part to limit Tyler Beatty, get themselves a win. But I don't think it's going to be easy, just like you said. I got Arkansas 31, Missouri 17. So I got the, the Tigers covering the spread, but uh, Arkansas finally snapping that streak at home. <laughs> the old backdoor spread got it again. Huh? <laughs> Hey, let me ask you. I was wondering. Um, I, I joked about Gary coming out to this thing. Do you know who's commentating? I know it's three thirty CBS. Uh, I didn't uh, know yeah. if they're going to try to save the golden voice to Saturday or not. But uh, <laughs> do you know if he's going to be doing both of them? No, no, no. So Gary and okay. uh, Brent, they'll do doing the Iron Iron Bowl. Oh, okay. And Thank then God. this Friday, <laughs> it'll be uh, Aaron Murray, Rick Neuheisel, and and the oh, other okay. guy. They got they got a three teamer. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. I didn't know if we had a double header coming up, you know. I'm just warning the fans. <laughs> one one Gary Danielson a game a week is all most people can take. You know what? That's right. All right, Chad, how about this one? Georgia on the road, although not really. There's going to be more Georgia Bulldog fans than anything. At Georgia Tech in Atlanta, then Bulldog Shane 35 and a half point favorite. And now how crazy is this? The over-under is 54-and-a-half, so uh, basically expecting a shutout here. Uh, Georgia's won three in a row in the series, <laughs> while Georgia Tech, they've lost five to Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, the Yellow Jackets lost 55-0 to to Notre Dame. Mm. Who you got in the matchup? Mike, there's a reason this game's being played at noon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Because they may be one of those pay per view games, you know what? <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen one of those, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm even I'm surprised this thing's on ABC, man. This this is gonna be a this is gonna be a bloodbath. I mean, there's no. I mean, I I, I know there's been years past upsets, Georgia Tech and blah blah blah, and these fun stories they're gonna have for Vince Dooley and 
how he's, you know, I mean, we're going to hear all that, but when it comes down to it, these te- two different, these are just two different teams, Mike. This is, this is a team that you schedule for homecoming. This is a team that when you want to work out your kinks before the SEC championship, you're, you're glad you got it on the schedule. That's exactly right. what this is. So I expect total domination here. Um, our boy Jordan, he may get two touchdowns in this game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is just – it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be over at half. The main thing for me, Mike, is I want to make sure that they stay healthy. We got to we got to work out any kink that we have, any flaw that you think your offense or defense is having, or even special teams. Well, this is the week that you want to work all that out. So that's all this is, is a glorified scrimmage. So give me Georgia Bulldogs big. I Damn, I'm on the wrong sheet. I got to get – Get my calculator out on this one. All right, here we go. Georgia, 42. Georgia Tech got a field goal, though, three. Ooh. Yeah, that three could come come in huge there in <laughs> Vegas, you know what? But uh, we'll see about that. But, yeah, I mean, this game ain't really even worth discussing, Shane. I got 48 no. to 10. Georgia beating Georgia <laughs> Tech. Uh, not a whole lot I could go into here other than Georgia Tech's horrible. We all know Georgia's best team in the country. Uh, this is a, a kind of a pick-your-score type game. And I only got Georgia Tech scoring 10 because I think that'll come by the time Georgia's got their third string. You know, we got to get some of the freshmen. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about the five-star freshmen. They're already on the field. But maybe the right. walk-on freshmen, you know, we got to get them some, some playing time here the first time of the season. But let me ask you this, Shane, because this is something that kind of occurred to me leading up to this game. Last week, Georgia had Charleston Southern, mm-hmm. another – cupcakes so we're finishing the year with two cupcakes while we'll get to the iron bowl in just a second alabama is going to finish the season against arkansas who just gave them a a fight for their lives and you get into this you know i don't care what the spread is in the iron bowl auburn's going to come at you and they're going to make you pay and it's going to be a physical game it's going to be a tough game how big of an advantage do you think this is for the georgia bulldogs next week going into that sec championship having two cupcakes where the Crimson Tide are, you know, facing two very, very tough physical teams before they reach Atlanta. Well, I think it could go either way, Mike. I think either A, your boys are going to be extremely exhausted and tired and possibly injured because they Mm -hmm. gave everything they could against two two big-time teams uh, while the other ones are extremely rested. But then part of me is like, well – you know, you think I always I always think about NFL teams when I when I look at this. Some of these teams have gone undefeated or sec- secured a bowl spot or a playoff spot, you know, and maybe start sitting some of their starters. How many times do we do we see that and then they lose the first week they play? You know, that's that's my concern is the letdown factor. You know, okay, I don't really have to go 110 percent because it's just Southern, mm-hmm. or I don't I don't really you know need to focus so much in film study because it's just Georgia Tech. You know, anytime you take couple days off that's like me man i you know first time i didn't go to a gym guess what it was 15 years later you know what i'm saying (laughs) i mean you take you take a little time off then you create bad habits and that is a concern to have because it ramps up real quick in the sec championship so I don't know. I mean, you know, this is a this is a schedule that was made years ago. Uh, Georgia Tech, we didn't know what we were going to have, but this is what we're what we have. We got to make mm-hmm. the bu- the best of it. But that's that's one of the things you got to the coaches got to do a, a, their due diligence in critiquing 
your body of work. If they feel like you are letting down, they need to let you know. And I will tell you, man, I don't think Kirby's going to be that. I mean, look how many times we, we hear these behind-the-scenes Kirby talking to his players. They know exactly what they're capable of doing. And 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 also, it creates that, that you know, hey, we're better than – so when you come into a team playing like Alabama, you're not worried about them. They don't have that big brother mentality anymore because they just have destroyed every team that they've came in contact with this year. And I don't care any of the stats. Throw all that shit out. People, I saw one coming out like Clemson was the toughest-ranked opponent that the Georgia's played in their 23rd or something like that. I was like, get, get out of here. Body of work, Georgia's not struggled against anybody. So – what makes right. it? What makes you think it's going to be any different this week? What makes you think it's going to be any different in the SEC championship? That's the mentality that this team has, and they need to continue to have. So, to answer your question, Mike, I'd rather have a team full of healthy, um, untired studs than I would a team that has had to scrap and fight for their life the last two weeks. And one last question for this game, Shane: Over or under on the uh, percentage of the stadium? Georgia fans, I'm going 75%. You're going over or under that? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to go over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is this thing even sold out? You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is they, unless they're giving away tickets there at the Walmart parking lot, this this thing is going to be over. I mean, this is a good one to get get your shopping in early, you know, <laughs> just get, check out the game and go home. So, uh, not going to – this is one that you sleep through, okay? Yeah, I got you. All right, how about this one, Shane? Florida State at Florida. This is going to be on ESPN at noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central, right after college game day. The Gators favored by two and a half points. Mm. The over-unders at 59 total points. Mm -hmm. And uh, Florida leads the all-time series, 36 to 26. Who you got in the matchup? You know, Mike, this game, (laughs) this (laughs) – there's three teams that are not bowl eligible right now. The Florida Gators, mm-hmm. the LSU Tigers, and the Vanderbilt Commodores. A list I thought I would never hear. A list that could change this Saturday, Mike, and it has to change within. It has to be these players. It has to be these fans not giving up. It has to be this coaching staff that's still there getting the most out of the players. They're they're padding their resume. They're they're putting some game film out when they got to lead a team. Somebody, somebody has got to give us something this week because Florida State is not a good team. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The best athlete on that field for the Florida State Seminoles is that little Indian that comes out on that horse and he stands that spear down in the field. That's the that's the best athlete they've got in that locker room right now, okay? And he doesn't wear a helmet, thank God. There's no reason the Florida Gators should lose to Florida State. There is no reason that this program, with even without game prepping, shouldn't be able to come out and secure a win and move on to bowl season. This is huge, man. This buys your next coach more time. So I want to see them come out and play, brother. I want to see them play Gator ball. Just cut loose. You ain't got nothing to worry about now, okay? Your coach can't get fired again. So come out, have fun. I think that's the thing. Cut loose. I want to see an aggressive offense. One thing that drove me nuts about Dan was just how conservative he was at times with Emory. 
I think whoever takes over lets these kids play. I mean, they've got weapons. They've got running backs. They've got receivers. They've got tight ends. They've got all they need to move this ball up and down the field. So that's what I hope when these young coaches come in and say, hey, let's just let these boys play. So give me the the upset because they got Florida, right? No, no, no. Florida's a favorite now, aren't they? Yes, by two points. Okay, well, I got them favorite by 10 points. How about that? Give me them Gators, 31, <laughs> Florida State, 21. Mm. Yeah, and I should have mentioned that, Shane. Like you said, Florida's playing for their bowl life. So is Florida State. So this is, yeah. this is a do-or-die type game here in a rivalry. It sounds like Emory Jones <laughs> out for the game. <laughs> Emory Jones likely out for the game. It looks like it's going to be Anthony Richardson as long as he's healthy. Hell. That's the thing. We don't even know if he's really healthy. So, I mean, there's a outside shot. There's the number three quarterback is uh, going to go. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to go quite that far for the Florida Gators. But this is a game, Shane, where Florida needs to show some pride, and they need mm-hmm. to show up against their rival with uh, so many interim coaches. They got injuries left and right. They're getting battered and bruised. They're not showing. You know, it's kind of like you said, unleashed. They need to show that aggression because we've not seen that against Missouri and South Carolina and all these. Hell, I don't even think we saw it in Sanford for about half a game. So uh, (laughs) I don't whatever it is that they need down there, they need to get their shit in order. Florida State's won five of the last seven and they're two and two on the road. So this is a team that is capable of winning on the road while Florida, their only loss at home was against. Alabama, and that was, you know, at the the first month of the season. So, mm-hmm. man, there's things to like about both these teams, but I hate to do it, Shane. I'm calling for the upset here. I think Florida State wins on the road against mm. a Florida team. I just don't know how much heart they're going to show in this game. I hope they come out and whoop FSU up, but I just don't know if they get up for it with uh, so much – coaching turnover down there and all the drama and they're all worried about who the next coach is going to be uh i got florida state 27 florida 24 mike why you hate the florida gators huh why do you hate them <laughs> i mean yeah, how I, can you pick I, florida after losing to missouri and south carolina damn near because, lost to sanford i mean they're losing to everybody i'm looking i'm looking for the lsu approach here you remember when coach o came out and said hey we're too predictable I think Florida right. has become too predictable, and how do you how do you fix it? You you let the kids play. You get like you said more aggressive on defense. You you go do, do some all out blitzes. Who gives a shit? They pass it and get a, get past you. You know because nine times out of ten you're gonna catch them off guard. So I just I think that's the key. Just just pin your ears back and have some fun, man. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think deep down inside you still hate the Gators for some reason. You know, <laughs> people don't know this. Thanksgiving, all right? Me and Mike, we've shared a lot of Thanksgiving meals together. Mike used to live in a little town down in Florida before mm-hmm. he moved back up here to Tennessee. And when he moved up to Tennessee, who was your favorite team, Mike? Florida State. <laughs> yes, you're right. So. <laughs> I love Bobby so Bowden, guys- mate. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I give you a hard time. But every time I hear you you pick against the Florida Gators, I always think about that damn Seminole <laughs> shirt you always wore. <laughs> well, Bobby Bowden, he ain't on the sideline no more. You know what? So, Mm-mm. and I will That's say right. this, Shane, if Florida State 
if they can't beat this Florida team with all their injuries, with uh, you know coaching situation where it is, they might as well fire that idiot they got down there, uh, Mike Norvell, yeah. because he ain't never going to beat the Florida Gators if he can't beat them here. And uh, who knows, Florida State might be looking for a coach before long because – uh, you're right, man. They suck too, but uh, yeah, <laughs> hell, they they're winning more than they've been losing here lately. Florida, yeah. the the exact opposite. And I will say this, Shane, it's looking more and more. We've already kind of said it, but sounds like old Billy Napier is gonna be the head coach down there. Mm. Right before we hopped on the line, there was uh, a report from uh, Pat Dooley down there. He's been covering the team for about 30 years. He says, uh, look for Billy Napier to be named the coach Sunday or Monday down there in Gainesville. Hey, let me ask you something because I'm just curious. Playing devil's advocate here, let's say uh, Florida does win here and mm-hmm. they make a bowl game and they hire Napier. Now he can't coach that game, can he? No, no. Like, is he a, is he allowed to be around the team until the season's over, or like, can he be in the facility? How does how exactly does that that play out? He he just has to wait till the the season's over, or or. Yeah, my understanding is he can address the team, obviously. He can meet with them, but I don't believe he can hold practices and he can't coach in the game. Uh, Now, I don't know. I have, you know, no idea, Louisiana, how good they are. I think they're playing for their conference tournament. So I would think it'd be one of those deals where if they are, he's probably going to stay for the conference championship game, which would, would be a week from now. So. You know, he may be named the coach and start recruiting for the Gators, but he may have to stay there in Louisiana for a couple of days. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering how that how that would play out. Uh, so, would it be? You think it'd be beneficial they hit a bowl, or do you think it would be beneficial they didn't, so he could get on campus sooner? Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like it'd almost be more beneficial if they didn't. You know, because yeah, uh, I mean, you want those guys to get extra practices, I guess, but. It wouldn't be – it'd be in the old system. So, right, uh, right. you know, they could get some tackling drills in, but I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I'm it, sure the players yeah. want to – you know, who knows where they're going to go, but they get prizes and, and, and gifts and all that. I'm sure they, right. they'd love to get that. But at the same time, if they get sent to the Birmingham Bowl, <laughs> we, may, we may have some opt-outs or something. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. I was just curious, man. <laughs> All right, Shane, how about this one? The Iron Bowl, we teased it just a minute ago there. Alabama, 19-and-a-half point favorite on the road in Jordan-Hare Stadium. The over-under, 55-and-a-half points. Alabama won last year 42-13. to Who do you like in a matchup? Who do I like, Mike? I mean, come on now. I mean, I'd be crazy to get on here and tell you that the Auburn Tigers are going to upset the Crimson Tide. You'd call me nuts. They'd say, Shay's drank too much of that damn eggnog already. <laughs> Look at him. He's fell off the wagon. Brother, let me, let me, let me glaring fact here, okay? Nobody has beaten Nick Saban more than the Auburn Tigers. Think about this. Nick yeah. Saban hasn't won in Auburn in almost six years. Think about that stat for a second. And I'm not saying Auburn's had some great teams come through there. They haven't. Alabama always has. But they find mm-hmm. ways to win games. And sometimes, I mean, they call it Miracle of Jordan-Hare for a reason. Because <laughs> they they weren't supposed to win the game. They're not supposed to win this game. 
Of course, Alabama's not playing the football that we're used to, Mike. Florida, I mean, I, you, you think about it. Even the Florida Gators, when they started, they they started this trend that Alabama is human. Texas A&M was able to knock them off. Last week, Arkansas mm-hmm. got within a touchdown of them. Tennessee was even up in the second half. So, I mean, this isn't the same Alabama team we've seen in years past. But they're still good, brother. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're still good. They're breaking <laughs> records, man. They got they got about 15 receivers on that team that could start in the NFL tomorrow. <laughs> it's just this team is riddled with talent. They just haven't really been able to put it together all this season. But I think they're getting closer, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I'm still worried about the defense, but – the good news is Auburn's not that good on offense. So that's why I don't think this is really going to be a game. I, I hate to say it. It's the mm. Iron Bowl. It, it's always fun to watch. But I think it's closer than the experts say. So I like Auburn with the points. However, I've got Alabama winning 35, Auburn 24. Man, how many times, Shane, are we going to have to hear Gary talk up Bryce Young and these receivers? <laughs> and we we may have to mute the Iron Bowl this year if it goes according to how you just laid it out there, Shane. And, you know, I give Auburn a little bit more credit than you, though, because I know they're dinged up. I know they're they're prideful. They they Their pride's hurting after blowing another double-digit lead. Brian mm-hmm. Harson, there's speculation how long he's even going to last at this point. Uh, you know, we've covered all that, but I don't know, Shane. This is just one of those games where it doesn't matter the momentum of, of each side. Both these teams are going to show up. Like you said, Jordan Hare Stadium, it's a wild place. Anything can happen. Uh, of course, you know, they've lost in Jordan Hare to Mississippi State and Georgia this year. So, <laughs> It's not yeah. like the magic has, has not necessarily been there this year. I Maybe a little bit different story if uh, Bo Nix was playing because he, he was, you know, outside of that A&M game, he was having a really good year. Had he yeah. been healthy and playing in this one, I may have even picked the Auburn Tigers to pull off the upset. It, this has got to be the Tank Bigsby show. I, this team, Shane, it just reminds me of, uh, you know, I don't want to call them out and say they're mentally weak here, but – you know, it just seems like if one or two things go wrong, it just, you know, the house crumbles in on them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've seen in recent weeks. And that's what uh, Bryce Young, Jameson Williams, John Menchie, those receivers you mentioned, that's what they could do. B-Rob, Brian Robinson, the mini Jerome Buss back here at running back. I mean, those guys will punch you in the mouth. So Auburn's going to have to force some turnovers to stay in this thing. T.J. Finley's going to have to play the game of his life. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, Shade, I got the exact same score as you. <laughs> so I like I think Auburn does keep it close, but in the end, Alabama will pull away. But but again, like I said, if Bo Nix was playing this game, I might pick Auburn to win it, but he's not, obviously. So I'm going Alabama 35, Auburn 24. And you know, I think Alabama that you know, they're winning close. There's something to be said for that. But this this just isn't the same old, same old Alabama. If it was, I'd probably pick them to, to win this game by three touchdowns. You know what? Yeah, there's – there's it's it's a scary – it's a scary game to gamble on, in my opinion, because Alabama is one of those teams that you expect three, four score leads, but somehow they keep mismanaging and letting teams get back in it. Not to win, 
But I'm just talking about gambling. So they're, they're just a scary team to bet on right now. So I'm not going to put any money near this game. But let me ask you, what does Auburn have to do to win this game? I mean, if the stars are aligned, everything's perfect, what does – what does Auburn need to do to, to, to keep Alabama's offense in check and, and maybe be a little bit more aggressive on that side of the ball? What, kind, what, do, you, what do we need? What's the, what's the recipe? I go back to the, the LSU tape, Shane. Remember that game? They were just blitzing the hell out of Bryce Young. They were mm-hmm. knocking him around. They were getting to him. And that was an LSU team that was playing without – they're starting quarters, Rick's mm-hmm. uh, quarterbacks, Rick's and uh, Stingley, they're, you know, out for the season. So it's not like they were just playing lockdown corners here and they couldn't do anything with it. So, uh, you know, that was the key issue there for Auburn against Mississippi State. Couldn't get to Will Rogers for whatever reason. Now, you know, weren't putting on the blitz. You cannot sit back and let Bryce Young pick you apart because he'll do it. He's done it to everybody. I right. think you got to – just study the hell out of that LSU tape, see what they did, and just come after him because that that really seemed to rattle his cage a little bit. I think uh, Arkansas tried to do some of that, but they just didn't have the same players that uh, LSU does, and and I think Auburn's got some of those guys. So that's the key on the defensive side of the ball, and, and on offense, it's got like I said, it's got to be Tank Finley, man. Let's run him 30, 35 times in this one, and just put the team on his back. And maybe he can get something done for you and, and limit the possessions that uh, Alabama's going to have in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. All right, Shane, the game I know you've been waiting for here, <laughs> Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Them balls favored by 32.5 points. And this, mm. this is the strangest kickoff time I've ever seen, Shane. 345 Eastern, <laughs> 245 Central on the SEC Network. Last season, Tennessee won 42-17. And the over-under, I don't know if I said this, 62.5 points. Who do you like in the matchup? 345. That, that's a good score prediction right there if you ask me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to give him Commodores a hard time because, buddy, i tell you what. You don't think there's a lot of Vanderbilt fans out there until they win, and especially when they beat a rivalry like Tennessee. I've I've been I've been in many a beehives where I've sent out a tweet thinking nobody in in Nashville would notice. The next thing you know, I'm having to mute the conversation. So be careful, buddy. There's plenty of fans out there. You know, Vanderbilt last week played a fantastic game. Everybody's talking about how Ole Miss underperformed. I think it was the opposite. I think it was Vanderbilt played above their bill here. I think the the benefit to them coming in here to Tennessee and, and playing the Volunteers is the fact that they did play Ole Miss last week and they were able to keep a Heisman contending quarterback in check. That should, that should be alarms, man, that Vanderbilt has the potential to upset the Tennessee Volunteers. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, but, but the problem is, <laughs> Mike, up Tennessee – the tennis, yeah, you know when I start talking about Vanderbilt, Shane's about to swing the other way because the Tennessee Volunteers have not been – they've been playing fantastic football right now. Both sides, all three aspects. Special teams, hell, we're, we're returning kicks. We're, you know, kicks are going in the end zone. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on that side of the ball. Our offense is humming. The defense is humming. 
Tennessee Volunteers look good. Hopple's coming out here. The players are pumped up. The fans are pumped up. You know, years past, this was a tricky game. This is one of those that you barely make a bowl, you're underperforming, then you, you can never mark off Vanderbilt because they could always upset you. And I still think that. I, I've always said that about SEC. If you come into any game unprepared, you can lose. I just don't think Tennessee is going to come in unprepared because they have shown me they have been overprepared for the last few games that they've come in contact with. So – like Tennessee to smoke the Vanderbilt Commodores, man. I think this is a blowout early and often. Give me Tennessee 49, Vanderbilt 14. Ooh. Yeah, this game could be trouble, Shane, for other Commodores. And, uh, you know, the main thing, I, I like what I'm seeing from Mike Wright, the, the quarterback, more of the, the running option there for Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what you got to do when your, your offensive line is – uh, subpar to say the least he's been you know he- helping manufacture points but when we say manufacture points I mean we're talking you know 13 14 15 mm-hmm. they're gonna need to get into the 30s high 30s to win this football game and I yeah. just I just don't know if they have uh, you know the weapons to do it and just as uh, you know as, as soon as we're talking up uh, you know how the defense played well hell yeah, they they got some conditioning in last week playing Ole Miss Rebels, but Ole Miss racked up 24 on them pretty quick in the first half. I think Tennessee can do something similar. Now, they did manage to corral them in the second half, but a lot of that had to do with Ole Miss turnover. So, uh, Tennessee, yeah. as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot here, I think they should have a field day here with uh, Hendon Hooker hooking up with these receivers. Jabari Small is really coming on at the running back spot. And the key to it all, Shane, I mean, we all give all this praise to Josh Heupel and his offense, but you hit on it there. Not only the special teams, but the defense has been playing out of their mind, Mm -hmm. leading the the SEC with tackles for a loss. They are just – swarm into the ball i mean that was the stunning thing last week i know it's south alabama but we, we expected 40 points to be put up it they were now on the other side it was three and out three and out three and out and i think we're gonna get some of that this week so uh, i got vanderbilt scoring even less than you shane i'm going tennessee <laughs> 42 vanderbilt 13 vols win and the vols let's see get that cover yes sir <laughs> I had to, I had I to do my it. little math in my head real quick here. <laughs> I love it. When you got to get a calculator out, you know you're doing all right, Mike, you know? <laughs> all right, how about this one? Shea, Texas A&M at LSU. The Aggies mm-hmm. favored by six and a half on the road. 45 and a half is the over-under. And last season, Texas A&M won 20 to seven. Who you got in the matchup? You know, this This is one we talked earlier in the week, Mike. I am so afraid of this game. I don't know what we're going to get. Are we going to get a pumped-up Texas A&M? Are we going to get a letdown Texas A&M? Are we going to get a, an emotional LSU? Are we going to get a, a the LSU we've seen in, what, six other games this season? The problem is, Mike, you know, I, I think the biggest problem for me is is – Jimbo's going there, and, and mm-hmm. believe it or not, this these guys these guys do not like each other. Uh, this is this has got some history. This has got some 
behind the scenes dealings you know you think about the athletic director and all the shit that came out of that i mean there's mm-hmm. coach o and and the fact that this could be his last game i mean even if they make a bowl this this may be the last time you see coach o um coaching down there and and you know yeah. coach o knows these guys if you know anything about coach o Girard is is he is a player's coach and i i think that's that is an, a huge X factor in this game. Uh, you want to talk about an emotional locker room, we're going to have it. LSU defense here of late has been playing lights out. So Texas A&M cannot come in like they have in some of these other teams and just expect the victory because if they do, they're going to get beat. I think it's extremely low-scoring game, and, and I like the talent gap. I, I, I still think Texas A&M, believe it or not, Mike, after all of this, I still – think they're a top four team, man. I, I think if, if things would have went different, if the ball would have went their way a few times, I think we could be seriously looking at Texas A&M in the SEC championship. They just – they made crucial mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. The problem is now what are you playing for? You, you can't you're not going you're not going to a college football playoff like you hoped all season long. You're not going to the SEC championship. So is there a little bit of a letdown? Is there some of that – hey, we'll just show up and we'll whoop ass. That's what we've been able to do. I think, oh, Mike, you know, I had this score one way and I think I'm going to flip it here, brother, because the more I think about this emotional victory, the more I think about Coach Ogeron's last time down there in Baton Rouge, I just can't – I can't have him walk away a loser because he's Ooh. not. He, he's, he's done a lot of good things down there. He brought them a damn national championship. I think that – I. I yeah, I think I'm going to go with it, man. Let's go with the big upset this Saturday. Give me Texas A&M 17, LSU 21. Shane. Just flipped it. Just flipped it because more I think about I'm about to, I'm about to cry thinking about Coach O giving that halftime speech, you know? <laughs> Hugging them boys without a shirt on, you know? He's <laughs> Burrow in there busting his head against the wall, you know? He just get they're gonna get them all fired up and ready to go. So uh I yeah, give me the emotional victory here. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly see it playing out that way. And, you know, they've some of these players already come out and, and guaranteed a win for Coach O and Man, what does that say about uh, Jimbo and the Aggies, though, Shane? If they beat Alabama and they turn around and they finish the regular season eight and four, man, what a disappointing result that would be! And you know, I'm not saying you know put the guy on the hot seat, but it, it, just, it would just feel like such a missed opportunity because this was yeah. this was the year you thought it would all come together, and at times it has. And at other times, it's just blown up in your face. You finally get over that Alabama hump. You, you, you just, you're not consistent enough to finish a deal. So I certainly see why you're picking LSU, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, Shane, because I think it's going to be kind of like you said, a very low-scoring game. This is probably going to be the first one to 20 is going to win this game, Shane, because both these defenses are, are playing so well, and the, I know they got plenty of talent on the offensive side of the ball, but it's just not there particularly mm-hmm. at the quarterback position, to be, to be very consistent. So I think it's going to be a very hard-fought, tough game. These LSU A&M games almost always are. And, like, you know, we can't forget it was a couple of years ago there was, you know, a brawl after the game. I mean, there is no love yeah. loss 
between these two. They recruit the same players. Uh, they recruit the same players once they hit the transfer portal. And they recruit <laughs> the same coaches. You know what I mean? So uh, a lot, a lot of bad blood here. But I don't know. If you ask me at the end of the day, Shane, which team, which team is more likely to find a way to win in a tough, hard-fought, emotional game, I got to go the Texas A&M Aggies. And that's why I got the I got AM winning 23, LSU 14. But hey, I got no problem with your your prediction there. I certainly <laughs> could see Cocho and LSU winning this game. And, and if they do, they're gonna carry him off to field like Rudy. You know what? <laughs> well, there's like you said, there's no reason AM shouldn't win this game, but I don't know, there's just that. That fact, you know, I said this the last time. I, I thought the team checked out. I thought the stadium had checked out. Man, it was electric down there, dude. It was electric when they were there. It was against the Arkansas, man. So, and they only let 16 points. Think about that. They've only gave up 14 against Monroe, 16 against Arkansas, 20 against Alabama. This defense is playing great. Think about that, man. They've not given up more than 20 points. Well, if the, in my mind, if they can score 21, they can beat just about anybody right now. So that's what mm -hmm. I like is just this defense is playing relentless defense. I know Texas Stadium's got good defense. I'm not saying anything about that. This isn't about talent. This is about emotion. This is about raw emotion and momentum. And I think that's what LSU is going to have coming into this game. And if Texas A&M isn't prepared when they hit the ground, they're going to be in trouble because LSU will not let up. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, we got to move on to uh, – I, man, I had to do a double take when I saw this point spread. Kentucky <laughs> at Louisville. And I got it wrong, Shane. I thought Kentucky favored by three. No, sir. Louisville favored by three. What? Oh, what? the over-unders, 57 and a half points. What in the hell? I do not mm. know what's going on with this one, Shane. Who do you like in the matchup? Well, who do I like? Well, I, I liked it so damn much. I'm locking it up, Mike. Let me tell you, that's how much I like this game because, you know, I know what it is, man. Everybody's on this Louisville quarterback. Oh, man, he's God's gift to football. He's the next Lamar, yada, 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 yada. Do you remember the last quarterback we heard that from that came in the SEC and got their ass smoked by the old Miss Rebels? Do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah, Malik uh, Willis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Malik Willis was going to be the guy. He's going to play on NFL. He's fantastic. <laughs> and then they come in and they get smoked. That's what's going to happen here with Louisville, man. You, who, who do you think this is? This is Kentucky Wildcats. Have they had some bad games this year? Absolutely. Have they made some mistakes this year? Absolutely. But to say that these two teams belong on the same football field and actually mm -hmm. say Louisville is better, get the hell out of here. Unless there's <laughs> going to be snow and ice up there, or, you know what I'm saying? Or or half the team, Rodriguez didn't show up or something, or the linemen just decided they all got COVID here at the last minute. There is no way that Louisville stands a shot against the Big Blue Nation. I mean, this is just – this is giving money. This is printing money right here, Mike. So, if you are a gambler and you got an extra $100 burning to hold in your pocket, dude, get out there and put it on the Kentucky Wildcats because this ain't a game. Mark Stoops, uh, that's the, the, the news. Everybody's curious where Stoops going. They're having these emergency meetings and podcasts out there. They want to, you know, get to the bottom of – well, there's a reason they want your coach because teams like Louisville – do not win against Stoops, and it won't happen again this year. They own this rivalry. So give me Kentucky 31, 
Louisville, lucky to get 21. Ooh. Yeah, and you, you hit on it right there, Shane. That's kind of the hot rumor right now. Mark Stoops to LSU, which would be fascinating. And that's the only way this line makes sense to me. Did he already leave town, or did he tell him he's <laughs> leaving, something like that? I mean, I do not get this one one bit. Went and looked. Yeah, the Malik Cunningham, the, the quarterback you mentioned, 36 touchdowns, 18 passing, 18 rushing. But last time I checked, Shane, this ACC is a joke. I mean, yeah. Pitt, I think, is is going to win a league up there. And who we got, Wake Forest, is running rampant through the ACC this year. I mean, give mm-hmm. me a break. Get out of here with this. I got no respect for – they beat Duke last week by 50. I think that's why everybody's happening on the bandwagon. <laughs> well, last time I checked, Shane, Duke, uh, you know, they're, they'd be the <laughs> – I think Vanderbilt would be Duke by about 30 points. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm not respecting this Louisville team at all. How are they going to stop Chris Rodriguez and Wondell Robinson? And unless Will Levis, who's already talking a big game, comes out here and lays an egg, and I don't think he can do that when you're talking it up. You know what I mean? So this is cocky Will Levis we're getting here. I think, uh, you know, we might get a little bit of a shootout just given the fact that uh, – Cunningham's got all these touchdowns, but it's not going to be enough at the end of the day to to get the win here. Louisville is uh, one of their weakest things is defending the run. Well, what's Kentucky's best thing? Running the damn ball. <laughs> so I think they're going to run all over them. They're going to have their way with them. It certainly seems like Kentucky's offense has hit its groove here the last couple of weeks. Give me Kentucky lock of the week we both locked it up <laughs> that's that's the only curse here kentucky wins 35 to 21 and uh if louisville pulls the upset i apologize uh to all the listeners here shane and i did that to you oh man well apologize to my bookie man and actually don't apologize him apologize my walt there's no reason i shouldn't make money this week mike kentucky should not lose to louisville they're not gonna lose to louisville there's no way this isn't a team you overlook. This isn't a, a UTEP coming in here on, on a random Saturday. This is the Louisville, you know what I'm saying? They aren't overlooking this team. These guys hate each other all day long, every day. So in football, in basketball, they don't live that far from each other. Uh, a lot of people, I always talk to say, you from Kentucky? Yeah, you from Lexington? Oh, hell no. I'm from Louisville. I ain't got to do anything in Lexington. You know what I'm saying? So these, these, these guys, it's just in their DNA. So – yeah, uh, this is a statement game. I really do think, I, and it always has been. I think they come out, they pound the rock, they they keep this quarterback in check because he's literally their only form of offense. And then we're going to walk away from this game saying, I cannot believe they had Louisville favorites. <laughs> all right, last game, Shane here. Clemson going all on the road to South Carolina. Clemson Tigers favored by 11 and a half points. The over-unders, 42 and a half total points. And they just announced this game is officially mm-hmm. a sellout, Shane. South Carolina 5-1 and one at home this season. Who do you like in the matchup? Oh, Mike, if there were ever a year, you know, out of all these games that we've gone through, there's not one on here that I hope there's a victory more than this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I absolutely cannot stand Davo. I can absolutely – I mean, if anybody's ever listened to this pod, you know, anytime I got a chance to take a jab at the Clemson Tigers, I'm doing it because <laughs> I'm just tired. They, they they put themselves up on the Mount Olympus as this. They're uh, the next Alabama. Guess what? You're not. 
You know, it worked. The gig's up. Clemson, you're going to start sucking. Get out of town while you can, Dabo, or you're not going to have a job here in three years. That's what I think happens. And it all starts by a loss from the Gamecocks, brother. And what did I tell you last week? What was the key for South Carolina to win that game? Crowd noise. Well, there ain't nothing louder than a sold-out stadium in a rivalry week. I'm telling you right now. They are going to be sans. They're already doing it right now. They're practicing. I bet that thing's on loop down there in Columbia because South Carolina is going to come out. They're going to play some Beamer ball. And they haven't been pretty, brother. Okay? They're, but there's a lot of people talking about Beamer being the, the, the coach of the year. Why? Because he has found ways to win games he's not supposed to. This is a game they're not supposed to win. But I really do think this is the year. When you look at Winsipedia, you jump on there. This streak has never gone to seven games but once, and it ain't the 30s anymore, Mike. I think the streak ends <laughs> again this year. Give me the South Carolina Gamecocks with the upset, 28. Baby Clemson, 27. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, key matchup in this one, Shane. Clemson's defensive front, you know, all these uh, supposed studs they have. South Carolina's offensive line has been very inconsistent all season long, up and down. One week they show up, one week they don't. That has got to be key in this football game. But I love the fact it's it looks certainly to me like South Carolina's found their answer at quarterback with Jason Brown. He has been the answer, in my opinion, at, at under center that uh, South Carolina has been missing all season. We got this defense heating mm -hmm. up. I mean, they're, I know they gave up uh, an early 14 to Auburn, but after that they shut that down real quick. The crowd, mm -hmm. I love what you said there about the, these fans, Shane. They are willing this team to victory. And it just it just feels like you're bought in and, and they're, everyone's buying into the Shane Beamer hype and what he's building there. The players are bought in. They're not – you know, how many times would a would a team give up down 14-0 to against an Auburn Tigers? How many teams mm -hmm. would believe they could beat the Florida Gators? Hell, South Carolina rarely ever beats them Florida Gators. Yet, right. they are getting it done one step at a time. I was hyping up Beamer today on Twitter, and, and a Tennessee fan, Shane, anytime I mention Beamer, the Vols <laughs> got to get in on the – there's that famous photo where he's celebrating and it's what is the score like 28 to three, but they've turned it around Shane. If they get a win here, they're four and two. And, and I think that's, that's the point for Beamer being mm -hmm. coach of the year, because it's the lowest of the lows. How many times we just saw Florida Gators run off a coach because, because they couldn't get it back. We just, we seen LSU run off a coach because it started to crumble. They couldn't get it back instead of crumbling, which would have been so easy for the Gamecocks to do. They turned that thing around and they went the opposite direction. So uh, they are riding a wave of momentum. We've been saying all season, this Clemson quarterback, DJ, whatchamacallit, uh, he, he is overrated as hell. We've seen him get exposed against Georgia. Now that he's having a little bit of success against ACC, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Well, <laughs> I ain't buying it, brother. I'm right there with you. Honda Morristown upset special of rivalry weekend. South Carolina 21, Clemson 20. If the Gamecocks win mm. this one, Shane, I think it's got to be a low-scoring affair. You may have to get a, a defensive touchdown, but uh, I got the faith in this home crowd to will this team to victory, and uh, I hope they storm the field. I hope they tear down the goalposts. And That's I hope what I'm they, saying. they uh, send Dabo home crying. They deserve it, man. They deserve it. They should put up a, a, a damn – 
GoFundMe page for was it two fifty? Doesn't matter. It's <laughs> worth it. If part of the, if part of that, you know what I'm saying? If I could get yeah. part of them uprights in my living room, I'm a taking it because <laughs> they deserve it through the last six years of of Dabo's BS. I, I'm I am over him, man. This this is the start, baby. This is the start, and I can't wait to hear him squabble on the sideline about every little <laughs> thing that didn't go his way, man. <laughs> Well, hey, buddy, this has been a uh, very long pod, so let's cut it here. But, uh, you know, before we jump off, just want to say real quick, Shane, very, very appreciative to all the fans. That's what I'm thankful for, for uh, you keep supporting the show. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'd have to go out and get a real job. And <laughs> right there with the fans, I want to say uh, heartfelt, thank thankful to have you, buddy, in my life helping this thing go along you are the reason i keep this thing going because you're the entertaining one i'm just a guy that keeps showing up so i do appreciate you i appreciate the audience and uh, those are two of the things i'm most thankful for this thanksgiving absolutely man well i appreciate you man i i won't forget the day you asked me to come on i think you lost a guest or something like that and you said hey can you come in at least once once a week and i said yeah i can do that and Hell, we had so much fun, man. It just it, it ended up sticking around, becoming its own thing. And and I'm telling you, Mike, if it weren't for you, everybody knows that this thing would not be moving. <laughs> 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 it, it, because I am not I'm not the computer guy. I'm not the, I mean the stuff that you do behind the scenes to make this work, the interviews you line up for the fans, the 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 strenuous time that you spend on our YouTube channel getting these coach clips out and everything so you guys have easy access to the information you want I mean that's all Mike we ain't got a team we got it's just it's just the three of us my brother helps a little bit when he can't when he's not surfing there in Hawaii <laughs> you know he'll he'll pitch in and help but I'm telling you brother if it's if it's not for you guys obviously I wouldn't have the pod either so and if it wasn't for the fans. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have kept doing it. You know, the first year was yeah. fun. The second year, it turned into a job. You know, I got. I'm. I'm it, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So after work, you know, you gotta get all this stuff together. We got to pod. We got to record. We got to upload. He edits. It's a. It's a. It's a part time gig, man. But we do it for you guys because when I was driving to work, I didn't have a show that I could listen to around the league. You know, I can listen to my Tennessee stuff, but. I want to know what else is going on out there, especially with the teams I'm playing. So this was Mike's idea through and through, and it just kind of became what it is. And it continues because of you guys. So I appreciate everybody out there that has, uh, especially those reviews, you know, I, I know we get lazy and we don't read them off all the time, but damn, they help us so much. If you could get on an iPhone or an Apple product and put a, five-star written review man it means a lot to us uh and if you do you got a koozie and i'd love to see some koozies brother i'd love to see some beer koozies around thanksgiving so we can be sure to send them out on social media uh retweet the pod if you can anything like that that's what helps us and and we do it for you so mike that's what i'm thankful for thankful for you thankful for my family uh, my wife, you know, giving me not giving me a hard time for doing these podcasts in the evenings. You know what I'm saying? I think yep. she's kind of enjoying this a little bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Catch up on her shows and everything. But um, yeah, I couldn't have done it without a great support staff. So, Mike, this has been a hell of a year, and uh, I look forward to uh, a lot more seasons with you. Absolutely. Well, brother. Let's cut it there. We hope everybody has a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Enjoy some great food. Enjoy some great football. And we'll catch you on the next one. 
All right, see you guys. Go balls and get that damn green bean casserole out of here. Ha, 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 ha,